Oh, hey, three months of Mardi Gras started this past week. And in breaking news, some people find selfie sticks annoying. Also, some Harry Potter celebration thing happened a couple weeks ago. But from the Bob Varley studio, this is the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. This is episode 24 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation, whether you need a round-trip transportation and tickets from Disney or a vacation package, visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the Universal Edition of the Diz Unplugged. I am your host, Craig Williams, and of course, joining me at the table is Rhino Clavine and Jenny Lynn Bellatrix Lestrange Knopp. Hi, everyone. And uh, back on the controls, of course, is producer extraordinaire yeah. uh, and wannabe Ravenclaw Dustin That's West. That's right. I am and wannabe. I'm trying to get in that whole Harry Potter spirit because our our segment, this edition, episode, whatever it is, is going to be about a celebration of Harry Potter that JL and I were lucky enough, privileged enough to attend. Um, so might as well get going on it now. You finished your whole streak of watching the movies. You're, you're all did. caught up. You Everybody, know all. I watched all of those movies and I loved them. And now you need to read all the books. Mm-hmm. In all my free yes. time. <laughs> it's you know just find time to do it i do it while i'm on the toilet that's just me um well, there we go a do little bit tmi books. but okay audio books <laughs> on the toilet i don't you know what i have stuff. heard that the audiobooks are actually possibly better than the you know the british literal... ones are real good with uh Appar- stephen fry that does the apparently the thing? dude who does it changes his voice to accommodate the characters See, i wish they were all read by alan rickman and he just did oh. it straight alan Hello. rickman the entire I'm time alan rickman <laughs> <laughs> it would be really Maybe slow it would be like this I think it was so funny though. It was as soon as I finished watching the movies, everyone jumped on me with, "Now you have to watch the, now you have to read the books," and it must be really important because everyone's really passionate about that. Uh, I mean, the the movies leave out a lot of details from the books. Um, a lot of fun side storylines. Yeah, a lot of a lot more house elf uh, mischief, especially yeah. with Hermione, almost to the point that it's obnoxious with how yeah. much she loves house elves. I that spew, is interesting. I would yes. spew all Thank over you. that. Yeah. That's the name of her group. Sorry. <laughs> so I guess we kind of just jumped into an impromptu housekeeping there. Um, housekeeping. JL's caught up. I think we talked about that last week, too. But it's just. <laughs> well, you know. not only that, but I was surprised at how taken in I was by the whole thing. Like, you know, after it was done, I, you know, had to get all my children sorted into houses because apparently this was something that we really needed to establish in our family. And. That's something that you felt you needed to establish yes, in your family. Doesn't everybody? Once you watch no. the movies, don't you feel like you have to find out where you're sorted? Uh, I knew ahead of time because you just um, you know <laughs> you were just instinctive. Yeah, before she even read the books. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, wow, that's impressive. No. Yeah, you just you <laughs> saw everything that was going to happen in Harry I was, Potter uh, ahead of time. I was. What's that? What's the uh, teacher in the tower? Uh, Trelawney. I yeah. was. Uh, she's actually my aunt. So yeah. Good art because I know her name so well. That's that's yeah. very good. Who played her? Uh, Emma Thompson. Good. 
I was hoping you know. Uh, but in other housekeeping, uh, more importantly, uh, if you enjoy us, which you probably don't after, after what just happened, uh, <laughs> go ahead and get on YouTube if that's where you're watching. Like our videos. Review us on iTunes. I saw we got a, uh, a pretty spectacular review on iTunes uh, recently since we revamped a nice two out of five stars because apparently even with the addition of you guys... I am just still too unbearable. (laughs) Did somebody write that? That wasn't the exact words, but yeah, I mean, my, I have a very specific sense of humor. If you don't get me, you're not going to get me. I'm trying to get better at it. I'm trying to develop a personality, uh, something that should have happened throughout my entire childhood, but it just never really caught on. So, uh, if you also dislike us, go ahead and let us know on all those ways. And we've talked about it every week. Find us on all our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, or the Diz Universal or Diz Universal, and you can get all of that information in our show notes page, which is located at DizUnplugged.com. Look for the blue Universal icon, and that's where all the information that we talk about ever will be located to find it later on. Um, also, I have to mention, we have been putting the call out for contributors and we actually have had a lot of people starting to contribute. So uh, nice. still haven't haven't posted anything new yet. We've got to go through that whole big process that we go through uh, to actually get these articles up. But just know that we are looking at your contributions and seeing them. So please continue doing so. And hopefully one day you'll actually see your stuff on the site. Be cool. It would. I, I would love to have my stuff shown on the Universal website. Maybe but, one day you'll get there, Craig. Yeah, one day yeah, I will. Someday. <laughs> um, and then that's, you know, no one really emailed us or anything this past week or gave us any feedback. It's so. because, it's because you're unbearable. It says two things. One, yes, I, I am unbearable. <laughs> and two, we must have had nothing incorrect to say about our last show. That's it must good. have been all spot on. We must back. not have we'll missed anything. I mean... We're typically, I think the general consensus would be we're getting better at what we're doing. I would agree with that. Good. Good. I'm glad we could agree on that. But does anyone else have anything in housekeeping? Nope. No? I don't think so. Other than the fact that myself and two of my children are in Ravenclaw and another one claims to be Hufflepuff, although I suspect she is Slytherin. No. I don't know if this counts as housekeeping. <laughs> I'm just going to move on from that. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't know if this counts as housekeeping, but I made my Harry Potter t-shirt. Oh, wow. Oh, did you really? Yeah, How I cool did. is that? It says on the, up my spine, it says courage. I did one for every house. So it's all the trait of the house and then the animal. And I, uh, you know, fun do-it-yourself activity. I need no, we are to make just a all Harry Pottering it up in here today. Except for me. I chose to wear my, uh, my Walt Disney studios shirt because Because mickey mouse screams universal well i thought he was representing ravenclaw because he's blue so i was i didn't i just was like all right craig's ravenclaw no it's just that i don't think about what i'm doing ever (laughs) and you chose that two-star attitude well we're not going to get into houses and all that stuff (laughs) i can't get away from it well we're gonna have to because uh it's time to get buzzing with the buzz and this week the buzz is pretty awful in general, at least in my opinion. I'm not doing a preview of our show. It's bad. Uh, but we'll start it. Uh, three months of Mardi Gras kicked off this past weekend. Who went? I haven't gone yet. I'm Craig. saving it for Bare Naked Ladies. Craig went. But That's who went. He's a big Olivia Newton-John fan. I know that about you, Craig. <laughs> oh, well, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, okay. But yeah, basically, Mardi Gras started. And uh, for 
everyone who heard about Mardi Gras last year, we did do a show about it. It was really in details with the uh, with a guest star, Corey Martin, who this weekend he has actually on his way to Mardi Gras. So the real Mardi the real Gras. One. The, the real one. one. Cool. So last year he filled us in on what was kind of the differences, similarities, all that stuff. And uh, then this year we're probably eventually going to get a little bit of perspective from Julie Martin on that, too, because... Yes. She had Mardi Gras days in her past. Apparently, really wild Mardi Gras days in her oh, past. So. Juicy stories to come. If yeah, it gets I, us more of that cake, I'll, I, w- <laughs> I will listen to whatever they say. <laughs> well, it's good to know that that's all it takes to get you to listen to anyone. <laughs> Attention <laughs> is, is held cake. by cake. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So last year, Mardi Gras lasted for four or five months. Some god-awful amount of time because, well... They were waiting for Diagon Alley to open up and they wanted to have something to keep going on to get people to actually show up to the studios because a lot of people weren't planning vacations waiting for Diagon Alley to open. Uh, this year, it's back to its normal three month kick. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the the whole whole concert lineup. And, uh, you know, that's important news. But I did go this past weekend and went to it. And so how was our girl, Olivia? Olivia Newton-John is... A very famous singer, and I won't. I, sorry, I very famous has. I'm going to redact that. She is a very well known singer for what she's done in the past. Um, however, she is 66 now, I believe. I read somewhere, and oh, I can't even I think, picture it. I think it's time to uh, to put the nail in the coffin on that one. Not, not that she needs to die. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not condoning Olivia Newton-John's death in any way. I'm just saying it was a concert. The music, it's time to time to go. Yeah, it was a concert for a very specific group of fans that I did not fall into. I mean, I've seen Greece a million times. I I know all that. I know her physical and I did. That was I, I in my playlist catalog. on the way here today by accident. I'm just the Glee like that remixed modern version of it. But well, and you'll be happy to know that her Xanadu medley was the second thing performed. I am so, happy to hear that. So she did. Uh, she did acknowledge and that. And I'm sure but. that the the crowd erupted into wild, joyous celebration. Passion. <laughs> yeah, I well, I, the whole reason why I even wanted to cover this now, even though we're going to cover it again from Dustin's per- perspective, Julie's yeah. perspective, all of ours. This was the busiest Mardi Gras I've seen in probably three or four years. Oh wow! wow. I mean, you due to it being the first day. I, I've been on the first day before, too, in previous years. I've been on the f- first day basically every time it comes around uh, just because for the job. You kind of have to go on the first day and be the first to get all this information out. It was just swamped. I mean, the my first experience with Mardi Gras ever was in 2011. At, uh, so I guess three years. It was a terrible four year. Years. It was uh, – I, I can't believe I just forgot what I was saying. It was Leonard Skinner, Mardi Gras, two thousand eleven, and I. Uh, it was so insane. People were pushing barricades, getting rowdy. OPD was there, trying to calm everyone down, just wow. yelling, screaming. Traffic, you couldn't get anywhere around right in front of the actual stage, and this was a much calmer, organized uh, fashion. But it was still that same level. I mean, they had uh, someone from OPD standing on one of the bicycle racks with the megaphone trying to so scream this, out directions. The one right now or the Leonard Skinner one? The one that Olivia Newton-John. See, that makes me really nervous because my first experience with Mardi Gras was, um, I think it was 2009 and it was Kelly Clarkson. And it was just like, 
it was a nightmare because I was like, if something happens in the crowd anywhere here, that nobody's going to be able to get to that person. Nobody's going to be able to get out. Nobody's it, and it's I. I'm scared that day one already it's getting well you know, crazy like that. And I'm very concerned with it from that standpoint because. It is either because people actually loved Olivia Newton-John, really wanted to come out for it, yeah. or maybe because it is shortened this year back to its normal length, which going into April, that's still way too long. I mean, yeah, it, real it, should, it should be right? February and March. Yeah. That's all it should be. Um, but, you know, with only those three months and there's very limited acts and some really good acts in there, including Jesse J coming up this weekend, Bare Naked Ladies, Kelly Clarkson's right after that, Hearts the next week after that. I don't. I think a lot of people are going to come out to these first couple concerts. It's yeah. not until that yeah, MKTO definitely. band or whatever <laughs> that I think things are going to slow down with it. And not all the concerts are going to be this packed and nights this packed. But I was just flabbergasted by it, and I didn't just want to use that word. That's not why I'm bringing this up. <laughs> I, I, I just was completely taken back by how busy it was. But you know what? Good for Universal. I, I mean, it, they must have. When I saw the Kelly Clarkson a couple of years ago, the Kelly Clarkson, um, <laughs> I it, it, it yeah. had to be park capacity. I'd never seen that many people in this park before, and I, I mean, it, maybe it's just because the whole park is in one spot or something. But it was, it was. I don't know. It, yeah. It wasn't not. It's when it's that full. It's not a very enjoyable. And when you say the um, whole experience. park is in that one spot, you mean the whole event is in the one spot of the park. No, I mean like when the concert's going on, like everybody has migrated to that oh, part of the park. Okay. So yeah. that's why I'm, everyone in yeah, the park. Yeah, I didn't even see spot. the parade that year. I didn't see the parade till last year. But hmm. well, and even I mean the event in general, it's great every year. Yeah, like I said, we'll talk about this more down the line. Uh, it was a little bizarre though. A couple strange changes were made to the parade specifically. Everything else is basically the same. They have the French Quarter courtyard that still has the same food choices that are nothing close to what authentic new Orleans food is like. <laughs> uh, they, they still do the parade. However, the parade has in the past years. And if you watch some of our videos on youtube.com slash WDW info, you'll see the parade used to be spread out like float and then stilt walkers, other performers float, stilt walkers float, stilt walkers kind of going on like that. For some reason this year, they're doing three floats in a row. And then all of the stilt walkers that go with the, the three floats that are about to come up, they'll all be in like one giant group. So you kind of lose that identity of what each float is really about and represents. And then they do this bizarre stop in the middle of the parade and all these sirens start going off and the song comes on and everyone freaks out for like, 20 or 30 seconds and then they go right back on the float and move away so the parade hmm. has less fluidity is that what you're saying i will probably watch the f parade once or twice more this year uh once definitely whenever my parents come down and i want to i want to be there to see their first experience at mardi gras but other than that i cannot imagine that i'll actually take the time to watch this parade much more which is completely different because in years past i always i love went to it. see the parade the parade is one of my favorite parades in orlando in general but and who doesn't like catching beads that's i do fun. that is that's my highlight because i'm normally not a big parade person the only parades i find that i've enjoyed are the halloween parade at magic kingdom and it's really just that section with the zombie walkers yeah. and the shovels and stuff but um yeah yeah let's watch the beads i feel like a, just all fluidity has gone out the window with it because 
it's just beat overload for three floats in a row. And yeah. then there's this awkward gap where the stilt walkers are still afraid of being run over or anything. So they're just <laughs> waving at you real quick and moving on by. Um, but Mardi Gras is happening for the next three months. With some it good started. stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. And we'll be there to cover it all. And we will get back to you on that one later. Uh, but next important, uh, one of the biggest productions ever is coming to uh, coming to Universal Studios in the next buzz item. I will try to pronounce this all correctly. Uh, I thought you had they're, they're starting a new film production, and it is called S.O.S. Mulheres Our Martu. No. And it's filming. I, I'm guessing that's what I just said. No, uh, that's I'm... not what you you said. Nothing. You literally <laughs> said nothing. Okay, so you, you'll have to. Anyone who's listening, please do not turn us off at this point. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a whole point to this. Craig has of, not had a stroke. Yeah. yeah, I have not had a stroke, and I do have a point to it. Uh, there's this Brazilian movie that apparently is super, super popular over there. From what I could read from their blog, uh, like I said, it was S O S Mulheres ao Mar Two. Um, and something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the star of the movie is her name's Giovanna Antonelli. Um, and she's really excited about it, but they're coming to universal, uh, specifically to shoot portions of the movie. I'm not sure if it's in the park at the sound stages or whatever. I, I just kind of skimmed over the story because it was completely uninteresting to me, <laughs> but it's it just got me to thinking about the last time we talked about TNA wrestling. Yes. Coming back shooting at the sound stages. Uh and then on top of that during that one we talked about how Lavoitz Lavoitz kids the voice the Spanish kids version of the voice is filming there too. And this I I want to be on the record up front. This is nothing against anything happening with foreign countries coming into universal to film it's not about that but it is really interesting now that two of the biggest things happening at the studios that they're really proud to promote is both for one thing that's a spanish kids version of the voice and then now a a big brazilian movie is coming to film here yeah that makes me start thinking like maybe they're going to promote that to pull in a lot of that Brazilian travel that goes to Disney, you know? Well, if you've been to Universal lately, you'll know that there's more foreign guests at Universal than there are American guests. That's that's not a problem. You know what it makes me think of is that there's literally no market for shooting any kind of film production in Orlando, and this is just the bottom of the barrel is what it makes me think. That was also something that I kind of wanted <laughs> to, uh, to, to bring up on that is that uh, it feels weird that that's how they're trying to bring stuff in. If they can't get actual... Yeah real movies made in America to film there. They're they're starting to outsource to other places. Is and I know before we said that we are happy to see them actually filming stuff in it, but if we're just getting second rate productions, would you rather see uh Universal Studios maybe go to the Hollywood Studios model of just admitting you know, we might as well try to make ourselves a, a <laughs> thorough park because right. we take, can't actually get anything big to come here. Take well, that space and dedicate it, it to something else. Take that space and dedicate yeah. it to Halloween Horror Nights. Dedicate it to attractions. Do something innovative with that space and celebrate your history of how you used to shoot yes. things there. But don't hang on to it clinging so far in the past that you have to keep it for that purpose. Sorry. Go ahead, Jenny Lynn. I, that 
train of thought just left the station. I uh, I don't know what I was going to say. On the Hogwarts say. Express? Well, I was, <laughs> I was also going to say that um, uh, please do not be offended by us calling a Brazilian movie a second-rate production. It's Oh, that's what I was going to okay, say. Good. I was going to say it sounded like you were saying, though, that this is a very big deal for those countries. It's just something we will not connect with right. as Americans because we'll never see it in our country. Thank you. That uh, I know I, I did not choose my words wisely all the time there. <laughs> and sometimes I don't think before I talk as I've been on this show before. A lot of times I don't think. Uh, I was not trying to belittle that in any way. Yes, it is a very big deal. I mean, it, it's the first thing that I ever have seen on the Universal official blog where they even had a, you could link to the Portuguese translation of everything they said there. I mean, they're really, really, really even pushing for this market to get very excited about this because they are filming there and continue to push more of that market in there. And that is, that's great. I'm glad that they found a reason to use this, but at the same time, when, this, when do they the same give time up? As the park guest, it's not something that as an, American park guests, I guess, that we will be able to connect with. Yeah, I'm not going to be excited about seeing that. Because we'll never see it. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's where I was going with it. it is, is it worth it to just continue on with using it as a production for stuff that we can't get excited about because we'll never see it? Or I just there... read about the movie, too. I, 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 for some reason, just assumed this was a horror movie because it has SOS in it. But it's not. It's a comedy that took place on a... Um, uh, cruise ship. So I guess the the shtick is this time it's a theme park is what I'm assuming. Oh, see what I'm saying? Yeah, so. I mean it will never compare with the world's greatest cruise ship movie, uh, Boat Trip, with Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm. and Horatio Sands. Uh, I would or, go with. Well, no, it wasn't the same thing. Never mind. <laughs> but anyway. I, I, not going there. Either way, it's it's filming. Or it's going to be coming to film there, so maybe you'll get lucky and see these people that you'll never actually see on the big screen, mm. unless you seek out Portuguese Brazilian movies. Then, good for you. I, uh, I will try to stick it out one day, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but yeah, the next next thing on the buzz. This is a little bit more uh, a general discussion on this topic. Uh, but Orlando Sentinel actually posted a story about selfie sticks, which. As anyone who's been to a theme park in the past, I'd say about six months especially, you'll know that you cannot walk more than about 20 yards without seeing another person with a selfie stick. Not the same people. People have very strong feelings about these selfie sticks. This is what I just, I keep hearing from everyone. They're really vehemently opposed to selfie sticks. I I mean, I, when I was walking through filming the, um, the Islands Adventure 101, I I saw a lot. Like, I was surprised at how many of those I'd seen. I don't know if it's because maybe we had mentioned it once before, and now I'm noticing it more. But, I mean, there's clearly, like, a rise in the use of them. Yeah, and I, I've well, seen I them at Disney just as much as I've seen them at Universal. However, I've seen them way more at Universal. So, for people who don't get to the theme parks regularly, please explain to us what is the very huge problem with selfie sticks in the theme parks? Okay, I will start off explaining selfie sticks for anyone who doesn't know what they are to begin with, because I guess we, should, we shouldn't yeah. assume people know what selfie sticks are. Selfie sticks are essentially a telescoping stick, uh, just like a monopod almost, that you can attach a GoPro camera or a cell phone to. Those are about the only two uh, 
clips that they have on them right now. I'm sure one day they'll even advance to other types of cameras, but it's then you can telescope out this very long stick so you can hold it all the way out in front of you and you can set a timer on it and take a picture or a lot of people will just constantly walk around the park always recording yeah. so that way some they of the can, some of the sticks have remotes on them too exactly some of them have those and you know they'll just be walking around so they can capture every single instance of their vacation. And then uh, a lot of adults use it too. Like adult dads will use it because they can say, well, finally for the first time I can get in my family's photos yeah, right. because I've got this stick that I can hold all the Fundamentally, way up. It's the same concept of taking a selfie with the camera, except for you have an extension. Your arm can now be extended so that you can include more in the picture. Yeah. Correct? It makes it, it just makes that whole process a lot easier. And I immediately, when I think of it as like, I, I see it with a lot of like couples of two and I'm like, Oh, well I, I don't know. I'll let you finish whatever yes, you're saying. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. For me, though, I, I've taken selfies. I've taken a lot of selfies. We have one of the queens of selfies right beside us. Um, <laughs> I thought you were referring to yourself for a second. <laughs> no, 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 no. Your majesty. <laughs> oh, thank you, sire. Um, <laughs> My liege. <laughs> selfies, of course, have had a very strong history, just how people feel about them. Some people absolutely despise them, think it's the dumbest way to take pictures. Some people refuse to say the word. It's it, which, that's wrong you're, picking, you're holding up your phone, you are seeing your the result of your picture instead of asking somebody else to take the picture. And you're t- I took a selfie with a Power Ranger, and I was like, selfies with Power Rangers? And I thought it was cool. In some situations, <laughs> if there's no one around to take a picture, and this is where we get into this part of it, I I hate selfie sticks. I think that they are an abomination. Everyone, <laughs> you walk through a theme park now, and you know if you accidentally interrupt someone's picture before, if someone's taking a you know photo and you just accidentally walk through their their picture, you feel bad. But it also strikes you as like, okay, next time I need to remember to try yeah. to go around them. Anything like this with selfie sticks. It's not even this option. You get these people that are walking around the park the entire time. Yeah. Not just not just for a second to take a picture. Just constantly. It's an abuse of the selfie stick. It's an ab- thank you. It's yeah. an abuse. <laughs> like if of you were just like, stick. hold on, let me take a picture, let me pull this out. But it's it, like I I'm in my mind right now, I'm just thinking of very stationary people and you're you're talking about the worst yeah. people. Well, whatever happened to just being friendly and ask someone around if yeah. anyone ever asked me to take a picture I do it in the theme park yeah. even if i'm in the middle of working and i've got my camera already out i will always a lot of times people see you with your professional cameras or semi-professional yeah. cameras that we have and they'll ask you because they can obviously tell that you're decent at taking pictures right. yeah and i am all for if someone asks me i'll be nice because if i'm ever in the same position yep. i will want the same thing back to me too and selfie sticks have almost in my essence they've almost completely now eliminated talking to other people around you or communicating with people around you because they're so busy doing everything on their own as we're as we're talking about these opinions let me just ask you two very important questions and, and you bring up a lot of good points two questions do they pose a safety hazard to anyone and do they get in your way as a third party? Yeah, and I, that's I. All I can think of is I've heard of issues where on rides where it's keep your arms and legs in the vehicle, like um, people just like the the stick is out, and it's you know like Forbidden Journey or something like that. That stuff is so close to you yep. that if you have a selfie stick and you pull that out, like I know you're not supposed to have it, but any of your stuff in your hand, but that can be like right in your pocket or something like. Yeah, and well, that's why. And I definitely wanted to bring this up on this show and not even necessarily one of the other shows because Universal has a very 
strong stance on what you can actually bring on rides and what you can't. Mm-hmm. Disney, you know, you can take whatever you want on any ride. They design their rides for, for that and everything, yeah. particular right. reason. At Universal, even like stuff like Hulk, uh, Dragon Challenge, Rip Ride Rocket, they've gone to these policies where, you know, they have the right to ask you out front of the ride if you have anything in your pockets. Yeah. And if you do, they can tell you to put it in a locker. They, and well, they do do that. And they yeah. do. And there's, because there's been instances where just the change in your pocket falls out yeah, and while you're, you're going on a loop on the air. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing you know, JL's unconscious next to me because she got hit in the head <laughs> with a quarter. And, you know, so they have done a great job at making sure that selfie sticks aren't used on rides at Universal, uh, which they're impossible to hide. I mean, even whenever you <laughs> telescope them all the way down, they still will stick out of your pocket. They're yeah. still completely visible. However, if someone were to sneak it on because they're obsessed with trying to capture every single instance of their vacation, this could really hurt someone someday. I mean, yeah. it's that's why Universal doesn't even allow GoPros on their a lot of their rides either even if they're strapped to your head or your chest and there's no way of them coming off there's always still that 0.0001% chance that something can come off and hurt someone well and the people you're referring to who are like walking around the park with it they're like like you and I if we had a selfie stick I feel like we would be using it in the appropriate manner like just the one picture not that we ever would but you know and those people who walk around with the park, those are the same people who have like Pirates of the Caribbean who have their flashlight on on the camera. And it's, you know, no no flash photography or anything on those sorts of rides for theming purposes or whatever. Like Interfering with other people's just, ability yeah. to experience And they the don't park. even know. They don't yeah. care. They're just ignorant to it. And like I said, this it's not just isolated at any one place. This happens at Disney World. It happens a lot more than I see at Universal. Yeah. Maybe that's because I spend more time at Universal. But it is... It's distinctly becoming an issue. An epidemic. It, it, the selfie stick epidemic. And I mean, totally. okay, I have to ask myself is this an epidemic or is this just the ramblings of a man who has strong opinions against crushed, <laughs> fresh crushed pepper? That's what I have to ask myself. It actually myself. is more of a, a thing. It's pretty pre- prevalent in the parks. Yeah, I, I'm just worried that somebody's going to beat somebody with one someday. Well, that's, you know what I mean? It's like a wet. Like well, I know it's weird, but it looks like a night. Like a, yeah, one of what those if the guy things. who had taken an ET doll had a selfie stick on him? That would have been a whole different story for that police officer. Would have lost those. I'm sorry, Craig. <laughs> Maybe I just don't have as as much experience with selfie sticks in the parks as you do. But I I have no strong opinion of this. I, oh. That's that's my take on all. Can of we this. ask everybody? Like the, people should be comment on the video or the the boards or well, whatever. That's, I would no, like to know what they think. anyone out there email us comment on youtube write to us in any way possible and let us know how you feel about the use of them if you use them and i I get that they can be used really artistically they can be used in such a great way however i'm I'm not seeing that anymore at one point in time whenever they were still starting to get big you know you'd see just random people having them taking a picture and now it just seems like Every 20 feet, every 20 yards, whatever, you're walking around, you see another person just holding it out the entire time and just not paying attention to anything else around them, not having any respect for anyone else around them. And and I just I think it needs to end. But uh, the whole the whole reason we were even talking about this is because, well, they started to get banned, too, over in places in England at stadiums, museums. Do do we think they should be banned here? Yeah, um, well, well, and what would be the reasons for them being banned in stadiums and I, so on? And I so can forth? think all I can think of is like um, 
when you're in a stadium, you can't have an umbrella with you. You can't have an umbrella open. and Because um, it's obstructing other people's view? Well, no. I mean, I've gotten caught in the eye with umbrellas before oh. from working at Lights, Motors Action. And yeah, it's it's like half that stadium's covered. And so sometimes it rains. And I understand like they don't want to get wet. So, you know, I, I sympathize with people and their umbrellas. But like... I have seen too many incidents, and it has caught me too close to, like, ripping. Like, I have had cuts on my face from it before. And it it, it was, you know, an accident, and they weren't – it wasn't like this person was out to start, you know, stabbing people with umbrellas. But <laughs> it was just, like – but in those moments, I'm just like, what if there's somebody just right behind them and it catches them, you know? like Yeah, I suppose I that could yeah. be an issue. Yeah, I mean, it is it is becoming a trend, though, and that's from what that the whole article was about. I, I, can, I can get on board with it from that perspective. I yeah. mean, I'm – Safety. I'm a sure. littler person, and I – tend to get body checked in the parks a lot, whether it be by children or parents with strollers or just big people for whatever reason. I'm, I'm not very noticeable in the parks oh, yeah. and people well, run into me all the time. I noticed that from our time in the parks I, together. <laughs> I know. It's just, it's kind of ridiculous. So I am sort of waiting for the moment when I get, you know... Um, it's, you take I, a selfie stick from someone and you start beating them I with t- it. I get yep. hit with someone's that selfie Mar-Gra. stick. It's going to happen. If it's going to happen to anyone, it's going to happen to me. The invisible woman. <laughs> I am. I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, just I guess that's all we have to say about yeah. selfie sticks at this point. Let us know whether or not you think they should be banned in theme parks, if you're for them, against <laughs> them, all that. But that is going to do it for everything that is buzzing right now at universal and orlando so we are going to move into our i I can't remember what i called it the last time the mid-show shuffle something mid-show shuffle mid-show shuffle we're mid-show shuffling uh and for the mid-show shuffle uh i'm actually going to toss it over to rhino on this because before we talk about a celebration of harry potter uh one of the things that's actually at a celebration of harry potter in the expo center is a scholastic uh scholastic booth kind of setup where all these people signed this giant wall with what Harry Potter meant about them. Oh, the muggle and, wall, right? Yeah. The muggle wall. And, and we have, you'll see it in the video that we'll play once we get to that portion of the show. But that also made me think of uh, last week or just earlier this week, we were having a conversation about a viral video that's yeah. starting to go around now for Harry Potter fans. And uh, Rhino specifically brought it up. So I'll, I'll let you talk about what this video is. I really quick, um, with something you just said too, um, about what Harry Potter means to people. Um, I don't, I read this article once and like, I love Harry Potter and I love what things can mean to people. Um, is that JK Rowling visited this girl in the hospital once who had like, um, anorexia or bulimia or it was it was in a really bad eating disorder that was killing her and like um she went to her personally um and the girl was just like these books are what keep me alive or whatever and she was like well oh, i'm gonna give myself in a second sorry <laughs> um and she was like um okay well if you do me a favor and you get better you know i'm i want you to come and um, audition for these movies or whatever. Um, so the girl did. She got better. She got out of the hospital. She went and auditioned, and uh, she landed herself the role of uh, Luna Lovegood. Yep. OMG. Wait, is that serious? That's, yeah. That's a true story? She, yeah. uh, she was a devoted... She didn't talk... Sorry. No, you go ahead. You said She actually, at last year's Harry Potter celebration, she talked about this quite a bit. Uh, and 
I think she even made one slight reference to it this year, uh, if my memory serves me correct. But no, it, she went on and on about it. And she's like one of the best parts of the movie. She like is. She's yeah. nailed that. I always she is knew phenomenal. That, I always knew she was like an Uber fan, but I didn't realize that whole backstory. Yep. Yeah, I knew she was so, an Uber like, fan that got the part. Saved her life. You know, like that's, it's just, you know, what somebody's words can mean to you is just, I don't know. It gives you, it, it. And like it, it just takes this thing that you already really enjoy and just makes it a little bit, a little bit warmer, a little more. Oh my gosh! I already loved her from the celebration. Now I love her even more. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so this video, yeah, um, this video that I saw, I some one of my friends posted it, and since then it's I just posted, posted. I shared it, of course, too. Um, it's a uh, a fan has recut um, the movies, all of Severus Snape's uh, <laughs> Severus Snape's, all of his moments in the yeah, movie. all of his major moments, and put them in chronological order. So it starts with like the earliest flashback, and it just kind of goes forward. And if you know, and it's, so it's like a fourteen or fifteen minute video. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll watch this, you know, whatever. I clicked on it, and at first I was like, okay, I get it, it's chronological order. But I have never seen all of his life put together in that sort of a thing like you can talk about it but when you see it in those moments like that like man i i started uh i started like crying on my bedroom floor (laughs) in embarrassment a little bit but like i got like eight or nine minutes into it and like it it, that guy had uh, that character had a uh terrible life and it just was one of those moments that puts like harry potter his journey into perspective for me too because you get to the you know the video ends with harry putting his face in the pensive and then seeing a quick flash of everything we've just seen and then coming out and I started thinking about Harry and I started thinking about Snape and like Harry's world just got not only was it like ripped open right then because he realized I'm the last Horcrux and like now I have to walk to my own death on top of that this man that I just saw get murdered in front of me has really been like protecting me my whole life and right. my dad is really kind of a jerk and <laughs> this guy spoiler that, alert by the way yeah, yeah. spoiler oh, yes. for anyone listening Come that on, was a guys. spoiler the book has been out for like seven or eight years get your stuff together all right uh anyway the dad's a jerk <laughs> but like it's it's actually like i applaud the person who edited this together because they like try to add this other musical track underneath so every now and then the other ones from the movie kind of snake in but it's pretty well done i, I think craig you said you were going to put the link in the show notes yeah, I'll, but... I'll put a link to it in the show notes but this honestly for people who are harry potter fans it's... which i think everyone knows at least one harry potter fan and you've been on social media in the past week you've probably seen this yeah. by now it it is taken on a new viral form yeah. uh, since we originally talked about it. And it, it's really beautiful, but I also hear the reaction. A lot of people cried from it. I know I, my fiance Kylie, was sitting on the couch watching it and started crying, and I was wondering what was going on. Yeah. It was just so beautiful. <laughs> well, and <laughs> it's happened to a lot of people, but that's what made me think. Like Harry Potter means so much to so many people. Yeah. And before we talked about a celebration of Harry Potter and whether or not it should even continue happening as an annual event. What, what, what's it mean to you? I, I mean, I, it's just, it's just genius is what it is because I just love that there's just so much there that maybe we haven't even seen yet. Like, or we haven't understood in the in these other contexts, like the Snape thing, like why I told you I was, I rewatched the movies before Diagon Alley yeah. opened and I'm just watching Alan Rickman do, do the performance of this guy and there's that scene in the third movie where they have literally just like thrown him across the room harry just like did his expelliarmus and left him for dead basically in the shrieking shack and then um they're out and the uh, loopman turns into the werewolf spoiler alert if you haven't seen this one either <laughs> but like and um you know snape comes out of the tree out of the whomping willow at that point sees them 
turns around because he hears the wolf and like he takes his arms out puts all three arms around him around these three kids and when i was watching that movie that time i was just like something got to me because i'm like this guy is still a person that cared about people you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. there's a story there that i it just opened this whole new thing in my heart that like we've read these books and like it's just there's this misunderstood character right here the whole time there's the other kid that has the weight on him the whole time you know there's dumbledore that we we find out later that um you know rowling's like well he's gay and then you're just like, oh, you know, it makes sense. And it's kind of like you don't even – we're just so blinded by the flashy stuff. There's so much depth in here that there's just so – it can mean so much to anybody. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to like going back and rereading again. I, I don't know. Wonderful. Dustin, do you have any – does it have any meaning to you at all? It has absolute meaning to me. I, I don't know that I can say it any better than Rhino did though because I, I feel like it's the, the same thing for me. It's one of – you know, I, I don't read as much as maybe I would like to, but it's one of the, the few series of books that I've read. I've probably read Harry Potter more than any book series elsewhere and uh, I'm really invested into the world and to the characters and stuff like that. I'm a huge geek when it comes to it. I'm a huge fan. So it, it does mean a lot to me. And I, and I, you know, Rhino, I think you're right. I, I think it is about time to go back and reread. Yeah. It's been a couple of years since I've reread the whole series. And, and now there's I need like to do things that. like this, this video coming out and um, you know, it, it's been a while you can reflect on it. We're now, you know, a different, point in our life than we were when the yeah. last book came out so it's just one of those things that's great about it is it, it it can continue to mean something it's not nostalgia it's just that now we can go back and maybe we're going to relate to um you know the the weasley parents or something more than we did originally and um or you know it's just it's that snape thing the other side of the spectrum again you know what i mean the, i don't know yeah i totally know i'm gonna skip jl and i just because we're gonna actually probably end up putting all of that into our discussion on how we actually felt about the event uh okay a lot of time so with that we're going to jump into our spotlight on the universe which this week as we've mentioned about nineteen thousand times i believe at that point <laughs> nineteen twenty thousand times uh a celebration of harry potter 215 2015 excuse 215. me 215 <laughs> nope uh yeah it happened so uh it returned once again this year for another three-day weekend celebrating everything that is Harry Potter. Uh, it happened basically the same weekend last year. Um, and it was a huge, huge success last year. I, I mean, people ate this crap up. They, they loved every second of it. And it was a big deal. They had a lot of the film cast there. They had uh, James and Oliver. They had Ivana again. Last year, they also had Matthew Lewis, who plays Neville. Um, Tom Felton showed up. Uh, Draco Malfoy, for people who don't know, and then uh, his name just fell off the out of my mind right now. But the the man who played Arthur Weasley, Mark Williams. Oh, that guy's great. Sorry, guy. I'm just Mark, running on. And then a, a couple other uh, of the film talent actually showed up for it too. So it was a huge deal as compared to this year where we had the two Phelps brothers, Ivana Lynch, uh, Michael Gambon did show up, which was huge. Michael Gambon, who plays Dumbledore, uh, Robbie Coltrane was supposed to show up and he did make it to Orlando, but he He got extremely sick on the flight over. So he didn't end up making it, but so it was on a bit of a smaller scale in some ways this year, but also on a, a bit of a larger scale too. Um, and before we get into all the details about what actually happened, uh, I'm going to go ahead and show the video package that I put together about what the entire weekend was kind of like and show some of the highlights. So we will cut to that now, which you can watch on youtube.com slash WDW info if you're listening. Oh, well, thank you, Craig, for doing that. Oh, you're welcome. 
<laughs> weird. Okay. Yes, I am weird. Uh, I, I could have swore that lady at the end of the video was going to get, uh, I thought she was going to get Hufflepuff. That was just me, though. Uh, I feel like you're insulting people. When- and if you, you didn't watch the video, if you're listening, you didn't watch the video, there was a lady in Gryffindor that got sorted and Officially she was wearing all Gryffindor, Gryffindor stuff. So it wasn't a surprise, but I just got to try to be feisty. So celebration of Harry Potter started on Friday, January 30th. Um, and it officially started at about 9 a.m. in the morning with the park opening. And that entire day, you could go into the expo, which is uh, just this giant room set up in Soundstage 33 at the back of the park. You can get to there in the New York section. And it was impossible to miss this time because there's a million signs pointing you all around where to go. But inside they had booths set up like i mentioned earlier in the show they had a scholastic one where you could sign the muggle wall about what harry potter means to you they had a mina lima booth which showed off some of the design work that they did you could purchase it uh potter where you could do a moving photo like if you watch the video you saw jl's where she did some weird thumb movement that the guy <laughs> made fun of her for he which was tragic uh they had a, a warner brothers studio tour for London, uh, kind of a little photo op there, and they took a lot of the props from that, brought them over, as okay. well as the Harry Potter ex- exhibition, which Rhino yeah. just talked about during the video break. Um, they took some of the props from that, too, placed them all around the room, including including uh, Ford Anglia, one of the Weasley's flying car, a uh, couple robes, other, other little this and that's all around, but... The Expo Center was kind of the main hub that you went to if you just wanted to get souvenirs that were for the event, anything like that. So uh, that that was the basic hub of the event. But then that first day, too, they had a, a movie on the lawn. They showed the first film and mm, cool. people were just kind of sitting out hippie style watching it on the lawn. And it was entertaining, to say the least. Well. I would say to say the most. The first day of the uh, <laughs> okay, the first day of this event, I actually found it very underwhelming. I was in the middle of watching all these movies and starting to get very excited. I was officially hooked into you know in the story at this point, even though I hadn't reached the end. And I was going to this event, and I was just thinking it was going to be amazing, and I would get to you know live what I'd been watching on my TV screen for the last few days, and. And um, getting there, again, the expo, I was stoked. And you walked into the room, and it just was underwhelming. You were like, oh, that's it? Just the room. It was just it was just small and it didn't have that much. What they had was cool. I love the whole display case with all of the Horcruxes in one place. They, they had some really good ideas. Dumbledore's desk was there. I, it was it was awesome being able to see some movie props. And they had some really cute photo opportunities, like you guys saw me um, talking uh, in front of that Gryffindor thing. Wait, Excuse no. me? And that not Gryffindor. Gri- Griff- wait, wait, what's the name called? Hippogriff. hippogriff. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm still working on it, guys. Sure okay, but, um, you know, some cute little photo opportunities and, um, you know, a, a little tiny bit of merchandise. But it was very... Small, and I was just expecting well, more. Well, you can't call it small. It wasn't small. It's in a huge soundstage. It's just there's not a lot there. People were waiting up to two hours to get into this place. If you had one yes. of the vacation packages, which we'll kind of get into that towards the end, we were there in two different senses. We are there as part of a vacation package as well as for media. We're going to kind of go on the, the uh, package side more than the media side for all this. Um, 
but if you had the package, you could wait in a very, very short line. Sometimes you just walk right in. Right, um, which we often did. If yeah. I had waited two hours and then went into that room, I would have been very disappointed. I think, I don't know what I was expecting. I was just expecting more. And I felt like last year there was a lot more than there was this year. This year it did feel completely underwhelming whenever you were in there. I think we were in there for maybe 10 minutes and then it's like, okay, well, let's let's go. I mean, if you're a diehard fan, I'm sure you could spend a, an hour in here. But other than that, I you can't spend that much time in there. There just wasn't anything to see So it wasn't like set up. It was just kind of sprinkled around. It was just like. Yeah, it was, I would say, in all the corners, uh, just booth, 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 That's booth. Upsetting. It was kind of like an expo, was it, except nothing was in the middle. Was it more or less than what they had at the D23 uh, uh, Destination D stuff? I mean, it wasn't just in terms of photo ops and stuff. Yeah, there was about the same amount of photo ops, but very similar kind of in that way it was just it was underwhelming well that's a shame because the the exhibition in new york um was it was set up like you were walking through like the streets and the well, you know like in the exhibition they did have a guy there that was in not in charge of the exhibition but he was promoting the exhibition because you know right now it's in paris and then i believe it goes to germany so that might have been flipped backwards but so they, they talked about this, but this wasn't an exhibition. This mm. was showing like, oh, here's Mina Lima. If you want to buy some of their stuff, great. Here's Scholastic. Uh, if you want to buy some of the new books that Kazu Kabuishi uh, illustrated for yeah. the cover, go down to the store to get them here. Though you can get do a raffle to try to win an exclusive print that he was doing. And over at Pottermore, learn about this website. But, you know, there's nothing else to do yeah. besides JL thumbing up. Yeah, the, the most exciting, maybe that's what it was. Maybe I just thought it was going to be a little bit more yeah. interactive and I would have loved for it to be a little more interactive. There's, It just seems like you've got such a great story and there's so many creative things that you could do with this and bring it into an event and really make it a big deal. And, um, the props were amazing. The props but. were great. The props were great. I would have loved to have seen more of yeah. that and more um, interactive elements. But again, that was just the first day. Yeah. Uh, my and first we haven't impression. even gotten to the opening ceremony. Dustin, did you have something to say, though? No, I was just going to say, look, if you're if you're interested in Harry Potter props and film sets and stuff like that, I mean, there's no better place to go than the actual Warner Brothers Studios in London, which I've been to. And, you know, they have the traveling exhibitions and stuff, and they have events like this in Orlando. But uh, if you really want to have an immersive experience, that's where you need to go. Very good point. Um so then after we kind of experienced the expo, uh, the the big thing of the day that even Universal live streamed so you could watch it from at home was the opening ceremony, which at the 2014 event, this was a very long ceremony. I would say it was close to an hour and a half. Oh it was gosh. freezing that night. It was in the 40s, I believe. Our night was a lot more pleasant and mm -hmm. very warm outside. But I was expecting the same thing. Like last year, there was a good, I would say, a 45-minute Q&A with all the stars. And those were only the ones that even went to the stage. Not all of them did, if I can remember correctly. But this this time, it was about the first 15 to 20 minutes of the opening ceremony was bringing out people like Kazu Kabuishi and Paul Harris, the wand choreographer, and Mina Lima. And they kind of said, yeah, we're here. We're going to be doing panels throughout the weekend. And that was basically it. And then there's a red carpet set up for the stars to come down. And everyone's excited about it. I mean, this 
people were talking about how, oh, yeah, we've been set up here for hours just to watch the red carpet. So then the stars finally come out and Ivana Lynch is the first to come out the red carpet. And she's walking down very slowly and kind of saying hi to people on the sides. James and Oliver come out and just take off sprinting down the side, kind of slapping hands as they go by. And then Michael Gambon comes out on stage in a Ford Anglia that was driven out. He gets out and then goes, sits in his chair. So this big event that everyone was waiting for this red carpet walking down was just a complete bust. I mean, if you weren't right up against the gate, you didn't see anything. And then in terms of, I mean, they could have just walked out of the stage yeah, and it would have been just as, just as a uh, kind of critical. Yeah. And then once they got up there, the, it wasn't a big long Q and a, it was five minutes not even that it was yeah, it was about it was, three and a half minutes yeah. judging from the video i put up where they just asked hey guys they're what are you here looking forward to <laughs> and that's it. that's it yeah it was what are you most looking forward to this weekend uh well michael gammon like i've only been here once before and i'm confused about where i am and <laughs> all that good stuff that was kind of a, a trending topic from the weekend michael gammon being confused about what harry potter was um, <laughs> and, well I, I, t- I was telling you uh, craig during the <laughs> break earlier today is that um he since that event has announced that he's no longer going to be doing any theater work because he can't remember any of his lines anymore so which i love michael gammon as dumbledore yeah i, I love him he is spectacular However, he's 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 ready to move on to retirement, in my opinion, just judging from this event. But overall, the opening ceremony was just such a letdown. It, it was should have been so Again, much the, more. The whole first day was a little underwhelming to the point that I almost I thought I, I was really disappointed because, um, like I said, I had been so excited. I was in the middle of these movies and I was like, yes, this is going to be great. And got to the first thing and to get to the end of the first day uh feeling like wow i don't even know if i want to attend the following days but i'm glad that we did yeah because because the next day started out really well there was a uh, film talent q a and that's where a lot of the uh the cutaways from the video that we just showed you that's where all those moments happened and there was some really funny moments yes they came at michael gambon's expense of not really remembering much and having to rely on Ivana lynch knowing everything but it it was still a very entertaining event very much so and you got to see the personalities of the actors um they they talked enough and interacted with the the guests enough that you really got to you got a good feel of who they were as people which was i thought that was cool because you know they'd been on my tv screen for the previous three days and then all (laughs) of a sudden now they're right in front of me it was it that was very exciting yeah and other events that happened during the day uh was the mina lima design discussion they did this one last year too they just showed off a lot of everything that they do which is every every basic thing that has typography or labels design on it they had a hand in it so you i mean you have to watch their presentations or just go and walk around diagon alley and look at everything to really understand the scope that they are the reason why harry potter looks the way it does their work's incredible i would recommend going to check out their website to look at their whole portfolio that they have up um Kazu Kabuishi, the illustrator, like we said, he came out and he did a live sketch that at the end, after he was done finishing, sketching it out, that was what they were going to uh, raffle away at, that you could have signed up for at the Scholastic booth. This was one of the surprise, uh, surprise 
panels for me that I ended up coming away enjoying the most. I was just um, going to say the same thing. I went into this thinking, all right, I'll be glad when this is done. I really don't care to sit and watch someone draw a picture. But it ended up being um, rather interesting yeah. watching him create this thing and being able to talk at the same time. I found that kind of, well, we I were, can't talk and do that kind of stuff at the same I'll time. I'll even be honest. We were flat out talking about completely skipping it. Because, you know, it's interesting to see him doing that. But in general, I wasn't excited about it. But it turns out that he could have a second career as a motivational speaker. Yes. If he actually wanted to. Because you had all these artists in the audience that were talking about, what do I have to do to be involved in something like this? How can I get there one day? I have such a good passion for that. And I just want to be a part of it. And He was very inspiring to to those people. But he also cut them down because he's like, it doesn't matter if you're passionate about it. I do this and I was lucky enough to be a part of this because I want to change the world. And I, I know I could do that through my art and the opportunity came through that. I have passions too. If I had a passion, it would be filmmaking, but I'm doing this because I can change the world. He talked a lot about his purpose and what he was doing, not because he wanted to, uh, just for the sake of art. It wasn't about the sake of art for him. It was the idea of, as you were saying, helping other people more specifically inspiring others to read and, um, giving people a motivation to learn to read. Um, and Again, I, I can't emphasize enough, it, it just kind of took me aback how he was able to be so inspiring and interactive while at the same time we're watching this incredible creative process yep. happening before our eyes. Yeah. Oh, no. It, it ended up being my second favorite thing that happened the entire weekend. Um then also that day, there was some trivia that happened in the sound stages, some house meetups where everyone who was wearing their certain house could go <laughs> get a big group picture of everyone. And, you know, everyone's got to show your house pride. Hashtag I, house pride. I thought that and, was a good idea. I, I wish kind of I just kind of wish that they would build on that idea a little bit more. I love obviously we've already talked about my fascination with the houses of Hogwarts at this point. But, um, you know, doing that kind of gave you a feel of, you know, the end of the year yearbook photo and and this is your sorority or whatever it is and fraternity and um i i think they should do more things like that to uh, to involve the guests of the event interesting um the last big thing of the event was that day was the wand doling demonstration with paul harris who did the original choreography for wand doling and wand combat all the way back in order of the phoenix which that was the only one he actually worked on after he came up with all the moves. Then they were like, well, we already have them. We don't need you to come back and continue doing this. <laughs> so he was, he was given the pink slip, I guess in a way, or not the pink slip. He was, he was fired. We'll call it that. Uh, and then I, I don't know. I'm, he was released. He was released. He was released back into the wild, but Your he is still a huge no part. Longer needed. but he's still a huge part, obviously, which why they keep asking him back to do this. Mm-hmm. Cause he was here last year too. I can't do them. I did the moves last year because I had to, but my you, favorite you got part. to do them this year. Uh, <laughs> that was my favorite part of the whole event. Um, I thought that he was fantastic. I did get the opportunity to um, have him instruct me with a group um, in all of the whole wand choreography. Did things. they give you a wand? Or yeah. did you bring your own? No, well, they provided me with a okay. wand and then I, you know, learned the steps and got to do it. And it was just, I yeah. loved it. It was so much fun. And he was great. He was great as an instructor. Yeah. And I just have to say that was a part of the media 
side for that. Uh, if you were there with a package or just a day guest, some people were lucky enough to get up on stage mm-hmm. and learn the wand movements, uh, and anyone could learn them in the crowd. But for that experience, JL, yes. that was part of the yeah. media. For, for the, so. Yeah, for the whole crowd, they did bring up a group of people yeah. on the stage, and you could see them demonstrating it. But then they also encouraged the entire crowd still on the ground to learn the move. So everyone as a whole was practicing these uh, this choreography with their wands. And then at the end of the presentation, he had the two sides of the, the floor, as well as the two sides of the stage, turn and face each other and do a mock wand Duel. Yeah, a battle. A battle. It it was cool. And Ivana Lynch joined him this year. Last year it was Mark Williams, a very drunk Mark Williams. (laughs) And uh, this year Ivana seems sober uh, from what I could tell. But yeah, it it was a fun presentation. If you've seen it once, you don't need to see it again, in my opinion, but that's just my opinion on it. Uh, And then on Friday and Saturday night, if you are part of the vacation package, one of the privileges that you got was to go to a special after hours party for three hours in both the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Diagon Alley, and Hogsmeade. They were both open, so you could take the Hogwarts Express across back and forth. Uh, in my opinion, since we did have a vacation package, we were able to attend this. And this was the entire reason if you bought these vacation packages to actually go because you were let in and they talked about how they'd have some desserts, some snacks and you'd get free butter beer. Hmm. But on top of that in Diagon Alley, you got, as much ice cream as you wanted. <gasps> yes. It's a true story. The fantasticness of this party cannot be overstated. <laughs> That's, I love it, that ice it, cream. It, to, to me, I my opinion, it would be worth, you know, it is worth the, even if that was the only thing they did for this package and you got to go to this party, it was worth it. Being able to be in that environment for, you know, a somewhat exclusive party with the unlimited ice cream options, all the flavors. And then they had, you know, separate booths where you could get snacks of different kinds and, you know, then uh, unlimited butter beer. Unlimited all, juice. All of, you know, <laughs> it, it just, the, it that was, so it was good. an incredible, yeah. it was incredible atmosphere to be in, especially yeah. for an evening event. And it wasn't. Because they split it off into two nights, part of the vacation packages went Friday, the other went Saturday. You couldn't go to both. It was basically empty whenever you were in there. I mean, we walked on to Gringotts. Mm -hmm. The only wait we had was right at the top of the stairs to wait to get on the ride itself. It was was a spectacular. It just kind of felt like a block party in Diagon Alley. That That does seem like something that would be like a really cool perk. Like, Like you said, like the party, but then also like. Just being able to stroll leisurely through there without mm-hmm. having to worry about a crowd mm-hmm. or any selfie sticks. <laughs> it was it was wonderful. <laughs> uh, and then there was no party on Sunday, but some wrap up events that happened to another film talent Q and A kind of closed out the entire weekend. Uh, but the two new ones that happened were. Uh, Dance Like a Bobaton and Fight Like a Durmstrong. We did not attend that one. Uh, it wasn't anything personal. I'm sure it was exciting, fun, and entertaining. However, we don't take pictures, video, or still of kids. So it was a kids-only event, not an adult. So uh, if anyone saw that and wants to tell us what it was like, let us know. Uh, the only event that we really attended on Sunday was Creating the Wizarding World, which was led by Patrick, excuse me, Patrick Brayard. Michael Aiello and Alan Gilmore. Alan Gilmore did a lot of the design and the conceptualization and art for the Wizarding World as well as the movies. Michael Aiello and Patrick 
Is this this Both guy wearing a football jersey? Yes. Okay, I'll show that. Yes, picture. sir. That that is the whole group. I mean, Michael's huge on Halloween Horror Nights. He is the person behind it all, and so they talked about the entertainment in the Wizarding World and how it really came together for Diagon Alley specifically. The the Tales of Beetle, the Bard Show, and Celestina Warbeck, and I know at the time JL hadn't gotten to. Don't steal really, my thunder. Okay, I'll, I'll let you go then. <laughs> okay. I'll let you go. I was going to say, this is the part of the event where I really struggled, but it was my own fault because I hadn't made it all the way through the movies, and they discussed a lot of the details from the last few movies um, and how they went into the process of making Harry Potter. So I wasn't able to connect quite as much. I, I kind of sat there with the feeling like I know that this is important, but I really don't understand why, that, why it is. And so um, for that reason... In terms of this event, in addition to the fact that when the the cast is talking, there there was just an immense amount of spoilers. You know, um, when oh. one of the Weasley twins said, you know, and it kind of stinks that after all that, I had to, and I went because oh! I didn't know it was going to happen. I just, I tried to avoid the spoiler there, With- but. But 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 the point being, like, in order to actually have the uh, the full experience of this event, I did. There was an element to it where I did realize. You, you do really need to get through all of the whole yeah. story in order to connect on every level when you go. Yeah, In this one, you needed to know actually about Diagon Alley, too, as well. Um, this was my hands down best event of the entire time. It was the only one that they didn't do last year, really. I mean, Kazu didn't do his demonstration, but uh, this was the, the newest thing because Diagon Alley wasn't open last year at that time. Uh it, it blew me away. Some of the details they talked about going into making both of those shows and then fielding questions about how whenever they walk into Diagon Alley, they try to always walk into it with a fresh set of eyes and bring as many people there so they can see it through their eyes, too. It was just it was a nice way to wrap up the weekend, at least for us, in my opinion. But that's also because that's what Harry Potter. Uh, Harry Potter just means so much more to me. Mm-hmm. Uh nothing personal i know that you are happy about getting through the book or the movies and all that but i'm I'm low on the totem pole it's just (laughs) the everything means so much about me especially the theme parks because i loved the books and the movies before uh, before i even went to the theme parks but then once i saw the theme parks and it blew me away that is whenever it all changed for me and it suddenly was on a higher level one thing that i thought was really cool about this presentation even though i didn't connect with it is what came out, what was very clear, was the passion of the people who designed the area. Yeah. And that was a little bit moving in a way to see, you know, this was not actually just a job for these folks. That's this was point. something that they genuinely put their soul into when they were creating it. Yeah. So I'm going to try to wrap this up here as easily as I can. But in terms of this year and last year, I thought that last year had a lot more excitement. It obviously had a lot more film talent. So there, there seemed to be a lot more meat and potatoes to it. Uh, this year it felt very, very lacking to me, especially as someone who did get to experience it the year before. And, uh, and then I just liked how it was worked last year better than this year. This year, everything happened at the, the universal, uh, music plaza stage the big one where mardi gras concerts all those concerts happen and so everyone was standing the entire time for the big events for the some of the smaller ones on saturday and sunday you could sit down because no one was crowding in to see those ones but for the big ones you had to stand 
up that entire time. Last year, it was all in the Toon Lagoon Amphitheater, mm-hmm. which is all seating, and it was very comfortable. You're shaded the entire time. So, and the sun was bad this weekend. There was no clouds. So I, I walked away with it with a sunburn and yeah. very sore legs. So I think just everything was done a lot better last year. But kind of why I wanted to ask about the meaning coming into it. Dustin and Rhino, you didn't get to see it this year, and you didn't get to see it last year either. JL, this was your first year. Harry Potter obviously means a lot to all of us. But after seeing how it happened this year, I don't know if this should become an annual event thing Hmm. and see it again next year. But how did uh, hearing about this this excite you? Yeah, the impression that you're giving me is... I didn't really miss too much. Like I'm more into the interactive stuff. Like you Mm -hmm. were talking about the dueling or that house meetup, I think is a Mm -hmm. cool idea. And that's what I was kind of thinking. It was going to be more like, um, like you're living interactive. I don't, you're living it. I think that's, I feel very strongly that it should be an annual event. Um, I just think that they need to expand on it with Harry Potter, possibly being the most, uh, popular intellectual, property that they have in the park i think that they should treat it as such and it should take center stage for me my perspective coming in and i i don't think that i'm alone um i wanted to go to this thing and yes seeing the stars and hearing about you know the background of the the place that the the theme park was great but i just kind of wanted to live it i want to be in wand dueling battles i want want to take yearbook pictures with my house i want to be sorted so more of those types of things where we can as the guest actually feel like we are a student at hogwarts like like i i wanted to be what what exactly what you're talking about like that feeling you get when you walk into diagon alley that's what i want i want more of that from Mm -hmm. that i don't want Nothing wrong. I love the celebrities being there, and the Q and A is cool. But I don't think it should be based around Q and A sections. And huh. um, I think it probably will be an annual event, only because there's those three other movies that are going to come out: the Fantastical Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah. So I'm sure they're going to still. I have no doubt that it should. That. It's going to be an annual event. After this one, I'm not sure. Maybe a biannual. Somebody's got a plan. By yearly, yeah. I, I think that would definitely be good. But um, Dustin, just real quick, do you do you have any excitement to see this next year? Because it is going to come back next year. I'll already guarantee. If it's coming back next year, I'll try to make a better effort to go see it. But like Rhino said, unless there is a focus on any kind of new additions, new properties or anything like that, I think we're just going to see a repeat of what we had this year. And as we know, this year was a lessened version of the previous year. So I I think it'll only dwindle down until there's new properties to to promote and stuff like that. That's my impression of it. Okay. So I don't want to speak for anyone who attended the event. If you did attend it and you loved it, let us know about it. I want to hear other people's opinions beside my own because then I'd have to listen to myself talking. Uh, that's just no fun. But <laughs> thank you guys for joining in. I know this was a little tough for Rhino no, and Dustin since you weren't to able yeah, okay. to come to the event. But uh, thank you, Jenny Lynn, for participating. It was wonderful. And I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. Uh, we will be back next week with another very fun segment. And we're not giving you any spoilers about right now, but we'll be back next time with another episode. So thanks for watching, everyone, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye.